welcome, welcome, welcome to Talking CTE, Career, Technology, and Education with your host, the one and only Dr. Mitchell. So this podcast is to find the up-to-date information on the latest trends and retooling your career or moving to the next big opportunity. In addition, you will get information on new book releases, technology gadgets across the globe. Ultimately, you will enjoy the best educational resources to keep your brain forward thinking. So welcome, Talking CTE, Career, Technology, and Education. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, This is Talking CTE, Career, Technology, Education with Dr. Mitchell. And today's topic is top three ways to improve a resume. And what better way to do it with this time that we have that we're in. And I just wanna give you some tools for you to advance in your career. So I'm gonna start out, um, as always, welcoming each and every one of you to this podcast. So I'm so glad that you're here. And again, this is Talking CTE, Career Technology and Education. Hello, hello, everyone. So I am Dr. Mitchell and I am a serial, serious entrepreneur since 2001. And I've also been an HR administrator for nonprofit government and uh, medical industry. I am currently a community college professor in the education services and technology department. So I love, love, love teaching introduction to Python, Windows 10, Microsoft Office, resume writing, and anything career development. So that's why I am here to speak about these top three ways to improve a resume. At this time, after I have read all about the statistics of the unemployment rate being in this pandemic. Um, It's about 61 billion people that have filed for unemployment who are either underemployed or furloughed, whatever the case may be, looking for a new job, looking for your next opportunity, you will need the best tool of a resume to get you to your next. So, Let's get right into it. Top three ways to improve a resume. So, number one, you need to have a strong, strong cover letter. Number two, you need to brag about yourself. You need to be a doer versus, you need to know the difference between a doer versus an achiever. 
and you need to be on the level of an achiever. And then number three is optimizing your keywords. So let's talk about your number one is having a strong cover letter. So this is what gets the eyes of the hiring manager, those who are making the decision on if you even get in the chair or the opportunity to even interview for the position. So employers are 40% more likely to read a resume with a cover letter. So I definitely have another segment on just focusing on cover letters as well. So we'll definitely talk about that at another time, but it is so key and important. So number two is bragging about yourself. I know some people are shy or think, I don't wanna just talk about myself. I don't want to, but you have to, and you need to do it a lot. It cannot be um, lightly spoken. It needs to be loudly spoken. So seriously, using positive doer wording in your resume conveys your skills immediately to a hiring manager. However, that doer needs to, come, needs to go to achiever. So you may have heard it before, your resume presents you as a doer and not an achiever, but it doesn't sound great. And the fact is it isn't, but what exactly does it mean? Ultimately, you're selling yourself short of your resume if you are not speaking volumes of your achievements, your goals, your actionable things that you have done to get to promotions, to get you raises. This is what needs to be conveyed in that, in your resume. So it means you're not currently showing a hiring manager how valuable you are or could be. And possibly you are losing those interviews at that point because you did not take the doer into the achievable of what you have actually achieved in that position. So your resume needs to show you at your ultimate best. I will share with you how and what changes um, you can do to make them understand the title of your achievements as an achiever. So here's an example. So a doer is, I made a phone call to customers or I made phone calls to customers. The achiever would say, obtain promotion by completing 35 accurate phone calls per hour while expanding the customer service experience. Sounds a little bit different, I know. So we're gonna move on to basically the, the top number three of improving a resume, which is optimizing the keywords. Now, some of you may not know what um, keywords are, but in this technology age that we're in, 
more and more companies are moving into an electronic system where it scans all of the resumes for one particular position. And just think about at least 250 people are applying for the same position. And particularly as I shared the numbers about the unemployment right now, it probably has tripled that number to that one position. So many companies rely on the computers, as I was saying, to initially screen your resume. So this computer system is called the ATS, which is the Applicant Tracking System. Now what you need to do, or why is this even important about optimizing the keywords on your resume? Well, ultimately using the right keywords increases the chances of your resume being at the top and being read. Either way, electronically or by, um, you know, an actual person. So today, a large portion of resumes, as I mentioned, are read by computers. It is used with an algorithm of the optimized um, keywords that they have already entered in that they know for sure that this applicant is an applicant that matches at least 50 to 75% of what they're looking for. So if you're asked to submit your resume online, there is a high chance your resume is going through a ATS system and it's being scanned for the particular set of keywords that I just mentioned that they are looking for. So although you will likely never know what specific set of words or phrases the system has been um, programmed to search for, you can help increase your resume success by ensuring you include keywords that directly relate to the job. So here's the question, I know it. How do you locate the right keywords on your resume? So I'm gonna give you some tips on how to do that. So the best way to locate these keywords is within the job posting themselves. So for instance, you see a job that you think, oh wow, I have a bachelor's, they're looking for a bachelor's or um, a marketing sales position, I have some experience, or guess what? When you look at that posting, the job posting detail unique job requirements. So you can look at the requirements and look at those descriptive words and you can highlight any um, informative words or unique role requirements and then work those keywords into your resume content. So if you're still like struggling with clearly determining what words stick out, um, in a job posting, try copying and pasting a job description into a word cloud. And I, I do have two that I would like to share with you. So the word cloud will um, it'll present that visualization so that the different words will show up and you will know those are keywords that you need to make sure that you have on your resume. So I have two free um, word cloud sites that I would recommend that you can utilize, which is wordly.net, um, that's W-O-R-D-L-E.net, 
and then also word it out. That is exactly how it sounds, word, I-T-O-U-T dot com. So you can use those two um, word clouds and with you utilizing them, it'll help you to transfer over to your resume those keywords. And then two other resources that can help you identify like the keywords is an autocoder site and it's called ONET, which is a US-based um, resource or a national occupation classification. Any of those, um, I know Workforce Ones or Network, basically organizations where they are employment agencies where you can actually get the job classification. And it really helps because those keywords can be located within those roles of descriptions and found either on those sites. And the reason why you would want to utilize that is because the job descriptions most mostly that are used by companies. So it definitely is something that you will be able to easily look up, find, and just take the time to do it. Yes, this is gonna be time consuming, but the end result is gonna be so great when you land the position, get the position, get the opportunity that you really, really are striving to get. So then it brings me to my other question, which is where in the resume should keywords be placed? So the short answer is anywhere and everywhere, but you can add keywords throughout your resume but some excellent places to showcase them are within your resume. Obviously, let's talk about it. So the profile is one. Also, you want to put it within um, your title, for example. If you are um, targeting the role of a marketing manager or an administrative professional, um, a computer scientist, a computer um, educator, any of those titles, you might kick off the resume with these exact position titles, guaranteeing these words um, a presence in your resume. And then you might want to put this also place it in your core competency, your skills section. And we're going to be talking about what exactly your resume should be looking like and um, what areas you need to be polishing up. So also you want to place these keywords with qualifications and achievement section. Also your work history section. That's where you're describing um, what you are doing in these positions that you've had. Also the education section, your technical skills section. Ultimately keywords can be used anywhere in your resume when appropriately. And the key word here is appropriately. You see what I mean? All right. So does your resume stand out against the other thousand applicants competing for the same job? That's the question that you have to answer. But ultimately, these are the top three ways to improve your resume. So we're going to move a little bit further. And I want to talk about your resume must-haves. Here is where your resume needs to begin 
where you begin to basically do it as a blueprint. Get your blueprint together before you start typing, before you take a sample from a friend of yours that um, it looks good, it looks great. Why don't you just have a blank sheet of paper? And that's what I tell my clients to, to do first. Have a blank sheet of paper. And we're gonna start with the titles, which sections, as you, you have heard me talk about different sections. So we're gonna talk about that. So here's your resume makeup. First, you need to know about your experience. And I am telling you what I have done as well with my career path, with doing a cover letter, redoing my resume a thousand times to make sure that it is matching the opportunities that I, I'm seeking. So we're gonna start with first things first, experience, your work experience. Um, also your volunteer experience. We're gonna talk about that. Education, where did you get your credentials from? That is what the education is about. Also under education, you wanna put your certifications. You know, I know in this day and time, um, there are teaching certifications, there is programming um, certifications, even cybersecurity um, clearances, all that needs to go under education. Then you go to skills. Now skills can be communication skills, technical skills, any type of skills that need to be shared and then interest. And I think category number four is one of the categories that sometimes is left out and it's okay if you don't put it on there, but if you have a lot of space where you don't have a lot of experience, you don't have a lot of education, and you're just working on your skills right now, then interest, definitely put interest on there. All right, and then we're gonna go over each one of these sections. So now we talk about experience. They want to know what have you done successfully in your previous positions that you can bring to the table for a new opportunity. So we have the experience. First, you want to have your current employment at the top under experience. And then the last employment at the bottom. You do not wanna go over more than five years. Definitely, you don't wanna put 10, 20, 30 years unless you've been at a position five, 10, 20, 30 years. That is different. And obviously it can be a case by case basis, but most importantly, you wanna make sure everything is in chronological order and it is correct and free from grammar and misspelling because that will, that's your eight seconds right there if it's any misspellings, if it's anything that's out of order, it becomes to be like a catfish situation. We don't want that. They wanna make sure that you're real and that what you're sharing and the information is real as well. So you want to organize your information. I just talked about that. So with the position, you want to list all of your responsibilities, but you wanna make sure that you're you're listing it in actionable ways. You wanna adapt this to um, the need of the position. You want to try to keep it as short as possible, but as with as much substance as you possibly can. And just get straight to the point. You know, don't omit 
any um, important information, make sure that everything is clear, concise, and professional. So then when you look at um, education, you always, always want to start with high school, um, whatever is the from, from least to greatest. So you have high school, if you have an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and a graduate degree, which is um, your master's, PhD, medical doctor, doctorate. And when I say least to greatest, meaning that your graduate degree, the highest degree should be listed at the top. Then you would have your bachelor's and you would have your associates and high school. And you would only list high school. This is for my students out there that are in high school <laughs> and who are aspiring to maybe get an internship or get their first um, position while they're in college. You would want to put your high school um, under education. And when you are putting this information, you definitely want to list you don't have to list GPAs um, for my, my older crowd, my more seasoned professionals. You don't even put, have to put the year that you actually graduated. Um, it's not recommended. Um, I'm gonna give you a little tip. Uh, my seasoned uh, employees out there or entrepreneurs who are looking for consulting opportunities once you hit 40, you don't want to be listing any given um, information that would lead to them knowing that you are older, because unfortunately in our day and time, there are some age discrimination. So the key recommendation as a career development expert, um, you don't want to put the graduation year, but you do want to list the major that you majored in. You wanna make sure that it's relevant. You know, if you're going to a top tier school, you know, if you're going to Harvard, you know, let them know. You graduated from there, let them know. You know, it, it speaks volumes when you're um, achieving so much at, at those types of institutions. All right, also you wanna talk about your Communication skills, you want to list them. Now, how you want to list them because they're going to ask, they're going to ask, or they will want to know if you're certified maybe to, to um, teach you know, someone German, or what is your written level and what is your spoken level? And they're always gonna ask or want to know if you are on a elementary level, intermediate or conversational, and you can actually put that on your resume if your resume have room. So then you want to list your technical skills, that's new technologies, and now where a lot of us may be working remotely or virtually, you wanna put those skills down that, hey, I know how to do video conferencing. Also, if you're taking or you're doing some program, maybe some web development or just um, some e-newsletter that you're programming to do them, you know, in a web, a HTML style, 
list those technical skills. Also, as I mentioned earlier about volunteer work, I also see that uh, some applicants would not list their volunteer work. Actually, it is important in some companies. They want to know this because they give you um, what I like to call bonuses or stipends because you work in the community. They will give you hours just to go and, you know, eight, maybe 12 hours because you want to work at a hospital or orphanage. And just share your highlights of your experiences with those um, volunteer work. And then a picture is worth a thousand words. So when you talk about your resume, um, resumes are changing. And what is changing is that you want to stand out. So you might want to put a picture on there and that's up to you, that's your choice. Or if you want to use little icons and we're going to look at that. Images reveal large amounts of data. So remember, use an image instead of a long text. So this would actually help you out. A picture always reinforces the concept of what you're trying to convey on your resume. So if that's the direction that you want your resume to go, then all means make sure that it's clear, make sure they can see it. <coughs> and then what about hobbies? If you have some hobbies, that is getting personable and that shows that you have character and you're just not some robot that's trying to put your resume out there. So we have, you know, this pet lover with a little dog and we have surfing with the water and the waves. And then we have movies, traveling, art, photography. So all of these would be perfect to add if you wanted to share about what hobbies. And then here is the topic of your contact information. Your contact information should be the first thing on your resume because if they want to invite you for an interview, how are they gonna do that if you didn't supply your contact number, your email, even your your LinkedIn or, or some type of social um, media website, a portfolio. I definitely highly, highly recommend having a portfolio website um, where you can showcase your work. Now, because we in a new day and time, um, you don't necessarily have to include your address. You can just include a location. So if you're in the US, you can put um, United States of America. If you're in Canada, you can put that. If you're in Australia, but you do not have to put your full address. And you also can just put a city and state um, like Hampton, Virginia, you know, and make sure you have a working email. Now here is a pet peeve of mine. I always tell my clients with emails. Now with email, you wanna make sure that your email is very professionally, very professionally. Yeah, y'all see how soft I got in my voice. So your email address should reflect your first, last name of some sort, or if it's something connected with your profession. 
for instance, I, I, you know, I'm a tech geek, so I, I can put tech geek on there. That sounds professional. But what doesn't sound professional is what I did last Saturday at bbox.gmail.com. No, no, no. You want to make it professional. So just keep that in mind. And then last but not least, I wanted to share a couple of samples of um, sample resumes and career coaches. That's me. I'm a career coach. You can reach me out. Reach out to me. And here's some examples. We have some functional and um, some resumes with where people have included their photos. Um, I, I think they're very professional when you do it that way. And then the plain one, the only difference is when you want to include your image on your resume, just know that the ATS system will probably kick it out because remember they're looking for keywords and your image kind of fogs the keywords. So you want to make sure your resume is plain text as possible if it's going through an online process. But if you're actually having the opportunity to maybe mail in your resume or have the opportunity if you're personally giving your resume or emailing it directly to a hiring manager, um, then it's okay with the, the image. But just know that it does come with a cost of it may be kicked out because of the ATS system. But all in all, these are some examples and please reach out to me. I love helping those that um, want to improve. And when you have a nice resume, you're always, always gonna get called for the interview. And that is it for today on Talking CTE, Career, Technology, and Education. And I have to say that this particular um, show was sponsored by Christopher's Design Studio. And you can reach out at 984-444-1846. Again, 984 984- 444-1846 or you can go to the website Christopher christophersdesign.com where they do residential and commercial design and drafting services so thank you many many thanks for tuning in and if you have any questions feel free to reach out and I will definitely be so glad that you have listened in and want to ask some questions. I hope this was very helpful to you. And until next time, have a good one. CTE, talking CTE, career, technology, and education.